thinking it was going to be gay. That's how I, that's how I live. <laughs> Your gay paranoia is gay. <laughs> uh, we just lost the gay audience. <laughs> uh, the Navy's still here. Wait a minute. Just <laughs> waiting for Dr. Uh, Nick to say something in the chat. Come on. We know you're out there. Let's see. <laughs> Comments are coming in. Oh, Dr. Nick. There's Nick. Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Bill is there, but it's just an empty chair. Should totally bring that. Bring him up. There he is. Speaking of where's his hat? Better get that fucking hat on. Get your hat on, sir. There For those of you who missed it, our very own Shane Hazel was on Fox News the other day dropping dropping freedom. And uh, it was, apparently it was too much. For them. They couldn't handle it. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I finally got the clip for it. I'll put it up later after the show. Finally, there was 12 minutes between Mike saying, what the hell, Shane? Why didn't you let us know? To us finding and posting the clip. Did you post it? Yeah, in the in our private chat, like just the five of us, we posted the clip. You'd know if you ever like got on and talked Dude, to I, us. I try. <laughs> it's that it's that open source intelligence for you right there. Twelve minutes was like two hours for Jordan and I. We're like, what the fuck, man? I was like, Mike, what shows it on? He's like, I don't know. I just found out. <laughs> Prime time. Hold my beer. <laughs> We're getting around, fellas. I'll tell you that. Holy cow. My dad would be proud. Is that good or bad? It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> As long as you take shots. Yeah. Let me scoot over here so I'm not behind caught behind the the, the Bitcoin veterans logo. So I'll be oh, dosed hey. up on your penicillin. Let, let, let me get the producer <laughs> to move that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to like pivot your chair in the other direction. There oh. Oh, now I don't even now. know what show we're on. There you go. <laughs> you look like Sisu for a moment. Ooh. Hey, I, I will take that. I'll, I'll absolutely take that. <laughs> that. That was a masterpiece, man. <laughs> that was a high compliment coming from Gandalf. I mean, really beautiful uh, Bitcoin piece there. I, I loved it. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, man. Should have a re-release of that one. <laughs> I retweeted it recently because I was like, this one needs to be seen again. Have you guys seen the movie? Oh, yeah. Right. Dude, I watched it like that night. I was like, this <laughs> looks awesome. And it, and it was. It was. Mm -hmm. The only oh. thing that I will say I was disappointed with was the, the plane part at the end. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. You've never stretch. boarded a plane with a pickaxe? I can't say that I have. So I don't <laughs> know that it's not possible. But... You haven't lived. <laughs> Where do you hide yeah. such a thing? I'm wondering. <laughs> Try to get. It's pretty easy to get past TSA. They're they're not looking for a pickaxe. Oh shit. yeah, they're looking for like twelve ounces of shampoo. Hundred percent, dude. You can't take this shaving cream on the airplane. <laughs> Throw away this unopened Gatorade so you can go buy it for six dollars two feet away. Let me let me yeah. drop it in this bomb-proof trash can right beside us, yeah. where everybody <laughs> walks through with all the other explosive water, and you're like. Ridiculous. I'll throw away my lighter right next to it. However, however, you know, you can get Poor that TSA, you can get that TSA pre-check and pay 130 bucks or whatever it is. They'll still take mm -hmm. your damn water. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, we'll still take all of it. Or pay for the global entry, which just guarantees that you get pulled off to the side and checked. Was it really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everyone I know that has global entry, they get picked up, and I'm like, later, dude. Good luck. I'll tell you. What? Global entry? People get pulled over? Really? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the only ones that get pulled. They're like, oh, you've already given over everything. You're obedient. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's a, that explains some things. You have to pay <laughs> to have them search your background, do a background check on you, and then they do a background check. <laughs> Backdoor check. There you go. There's <laughs> uh, that like button, people. The system's working. It's called a DRE pre-check. You know what DRE is? No, but I'm assuming you're going to explain it. Digital rectal exam? Ah. Obviously, you didn't have a medic on your team that had to give, during like the 18 Delta course, they have to like give DREs to each other. Oh. We always had the analog rectal exams. (laughs) I was going to say, is that different from the analog one or uh... (laughs) analog? The only, the only look medics at, on our group, they were uh, they were distributing IVs for recovering from hangovers. Dude, let's pause and look at the faces of Randy and Bill right now. They're really regretting. Man, how we have fallen. <laughs> yeah, ADIQ, right? <laughs> we're pushing. We're pushing that. Combined. Oh, yeah, we're 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, We're at 70 right now, I think. Well, I mean, I don't mean to say that you two are only 10. You might be more than that, but <laughs> cumulatively. Stebbins went to Sam's. You got to have a really high IQ to do that, I think. I meant to say this last night. Isn't Sam's the Jedi school? Isn't that what they call them? Yeah, that's what they call it. It's, yeah. Don't believe it. You don't get a lightsaber when you graduate? <laughs> No, absolutely not. You you get a posting to a three star for your sins. <laughs> so it's not it's not like the uh, men who stare at goats movie either. They don't teach you how to like kill a goat by exploding its heart with your mind. Yeah, we moved on from goats. <laughs> <laughs> That's kid stuff. <laughs> so good. You think myocarditis is bad? Wait till you have George Clooney staring at you in an uncomfortable manner for an hour and a half. You guys see that uh, that new trailer for Civil yeah. War? That's wild. Randy, have you seen it? No, no, I haven't seen it. Do we want to launch that before we we dive into the conversation at the the top of the hour, or do we? Uh kind of just add to the fire with it Ooh. i think we should add to the fire with it i like adding to the fire i also like uh all the people that are here early giving them a little teaser and making other people think like hey you don't want to miss that should have been here yeah. early we got we got four minutes before the show if you're on time you're late motherfuckers that's right matthew Welcome j gave me a little shit huh you know the deal. <laughs> thanks matt We'll let the producer who's got to try to figure out how to get the video. All right. He's made the call. The spinning wheel of death. Doing it. We're really doing it, Harry. (laughs) 2023. Things still buffer. Oh, here we go. 
States have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. Are you guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America? We just try to stay out. With what we see on the news, seems like it's for the best. <laughs> Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. Bloody. Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? We're well, American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! We're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God. Indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. Go, 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 go. God bless America. Okay, the guy who's playing the president, that's uh, Ron Swanson. Fucking Nick Ron fucking Swanson, isn't it? Okay, for, first of all, problem. This was clearly like a Hollywood-driven movie because Texas is never going to lie with California. Never. <laughs> that will never happen in a billion yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, well, they also mentioned the Florida Alliance. I want to know more about that. Right. Interesting. Matt Jay is pointing out that they're missing their blue helmets. Well, in a civil war, there wouldn't be blue helmets. The blue helmets would come later. Mm-hmm. Unless China is influencing the UN to send in peacekeepers. The, not during the civil war. Not during. They'll wait till it's all. Oh, let, okay. let them kill each other off. Yeah. Expend all the ammo. Yada yada. Yep. I'm going to take a quick moment right here before we go any further to tell everybody that they need to read The Way of Men and they need to read Becoming a Barbarian because you need to learn how to be a man and build a tribe when and if anything like this would ever happen, or maybe not even to this degree, just an economic collapse, you're going to need a tribe of dudes around you in your local area that can rely and depend on each other in some kind of, whether it's a economic or natural disaster, like you're going to need that and you don't want to wait till that moment to start building it. And if 2020 didn't teach you to start building it, then I don't I don't really know what else to do to convince you. 
but I don't think most of the people listening right now need convincing of that. I would say that's SOP. Uh, your whole life's project should be developing a cadre of folks like that around you. Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what a better way to start the show. Okay, Here we go. Question. Oh, we're starting. Go. Let's go, Bitcoin veterans. We're Bitcoiners. We're veterans. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And uh, I am joined by Jordan, Mike Hobart, Gabe Lord, Alex Stanzik, and returning guest, Randy Kelly, Navy SEAL, Bill Stebbins, uh, just a, a master of, of planning and, and opt for and God knows everything strategic. Uh, we are lucky to have you guys back. Uh, very excited. Uh, tonight, we're reviewing the 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 propagandized uh, film uh developed by or i should say produced by the obamas uh leave the world behind but before we do that uh the reason why we launched bitcoin veterans in the first place was to put guys back on mission uh bitcoin is for freedom it's for liberty it's for justice it's for the american way as we know it uh and it is one of those things that if you've been nihilistic you've been looking for a home you are a service member or part of a service member's family or you're just a civilian that likes to support the veterans hey this is the place for you we are trying to help people understand what bitcoin is uh and then give them purpose and mission in this space and i gotta tell you you know the these guys plus the amazing group the army that is behind us now across this nation and now growing worldwide um i gotta tell you you know, Keeping up with it is impossible. Uh, understanding it is is something that is just growing every day. Uh, I got to thank everybody. I think Randy's putting out the intelligence report now on a daily basis that's on Twitter. If you're not reading it, you definitely maybe take five minutes and do it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a really, really uh, well put together piece. And uh, just want to say thanks to everybody for doing everything you are out there. So, Let's get on it with it, guys. Um, where do we want to start this? What, have, what am I leaving out in, in, in the prologue here before we uh, unwrap this holy piece of shit that uh, is the, uh, the leave behind? <laughs> I think I think it's worth noting that uh, I, I, I well, at least I'll say personally, I didn't expect like the Internet to and Twitter to blow up talking about this film when I, because I, I had I'd recommended it to you guys in the Bitcoin Veterans Group as soon as I watched it. It's just like, I am really, really shocked at how everybody, like, maybe not everybody, but so many on Twitter are just like freaking out about it, regardless, like, whether it's the nonsensical, sensationalist nonsense talking about where, like, they're claiming it's a racist film or whatever. It's just like, it's, shaking a lot of trees in a lot of different ways it's pretty shocking to me i think the biggest thing that was just like so unprecedented in this and 
and I'm sure we'll get into this more about like what level of involvement the Obamas really had in this and the difference between like a producer and an executive producer, but just to have a former president, regardless of party, regardless of anything to have their name on something like this is so unprecedented, regardless of whether it was like, whether it's a piece of propaganda or just like an artful movie or a comedy or like that has no political undertones. That's just so unprecedented and so strange. I, I know like Obama was one of the first presidents to come to power kind of like in the beginning of the social media age, like Facebook was a big thing that helped launch him through like a lot of grassroots stuff. Um, so like, and he was one of the first people I think to go on like the tonight show and do stuff like that as president. So maybe it's not all that shocking and maybe it's not a bad thing that they're kind of like tapping into like the zeitgeist or some of the culture and stuff, but it is just so like unprecedented. And then you couple it with like, is this propaganda? Like that's fucking weird. If we go down that route. I wonder if, I wonder if it might be good before we start the discussion, just to kind of lay out the details, uh, the skeleton on this and why maybe it's, hitting the social media and, 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 you know, I find in a lot of discussions and debates, what we don't do is we don't define terms. We don't go through and lay out what we know. Um, so I just have a few notes here. I mean, uh, October, 2020, uh, Ruman Alam, he, he's written three novels where he wrote this novel here, October, 2020, uh, his parents immigrated from Bangladesh, uh, July, 2020, then Netflix won the rights to the novel. And they directed Sam Ismail uh, uh, to direct this. And he also did the screenplay and worked on this. Um, and then what we find is April of 2022, filming began on Long Island. And so the interesting part about this for me is that uh, Higher Ground Productions, which is the group owned by... Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, they entered into it around about the time that Netflix got the rights to it. And so, you know, you brought up how involved was the former president in this. And it's been widely reported that he, it wasn't just like their organization is funding it and producing it, yada, yada, but they don't have much influence. It's widely reported that Barack uh, helped develop the screenplay and was very involved in the details of this thing. So that's, you know, just as you said, when you're a former president, uh, you have to realize that everything you do, is, it, it eclipses you as a person because of the position that you held. So I think that's why maybe this garners uh, some discussion beyond just being a Netflix movie. Maybe it's entertaining or maybe it's not. Yeah. What, one quick note, like because I've, I'm about halfway through the book. Just to play a little bit of devil's advocate to what you said, Bill, is that like some of that script, at least the dialogue is word for word, like what those actors said is what's in the book. There's a few things that I was talking about earlier. We could get into it that aren't the same in the book that are, you know, how they portrayed in the movie. So as far as the screenplay goes, it's not too far off. There's some plot not even plot things There's some things that happen in the movie that just make it a little probably better for movies as opposed to like the books kind of boring. It's like, geez, like get on with it. 
Um, but it, like the dialogue was word for word. And a lot of times that's the writing the screenplay is getting the dialogue correct, converting something from a book to a movie. So I will say at least halfway through the book, the dialogue's like word for word. That's good to know because one of the notes I had was comparing it to see how much of it might have changed from what the book, uh, how it was written. But I got to be frank with you, I wasn't going to spend the money to buy the book and take the time to read it. I'm not real impressed with the movie anyhow, but so I'm so glad that you did it and you can bring that information. I dumped filthy fiat money on it uh, for you, the listeners, and you, my co-hosts and guests. It's right. right here on Amazon. This, this is one of Barack's favorite uh, summer uh, books there oh, on the website. <laughs> we should probably do kind of a brief rundown on what the what the movie's all about, leaving the world behind for those who haven't seen it yet. I did recommend today that people go watch it before this show if they wanted to track what we're talking about. We knew a brief rundown. Before we go there, I want to point out that um, there are multiple people saying thank you that the daily intel brief is fantastic so thanks randy kelly that yes going out on uh the twitter handle as well as the uh the nostra handle every single day now and then also there is a request for bill to bring back the stetson and this is just my personal <laughs> <laughs> bill should probably probably from here on out be wearing a stetson every yeah. time one of these hey i'll take that as a direct order <laughs> you could have been sitting there naked and nobody would notice except for the well, fact you didn't have your hat on. <laughs> Bill doesn't disappoint. So, so we, we want to do a rundown of like what the film was. Is that what we want to do first then? Just a quick one. And then let's dig into individual maybe scenes and what they, what we think they mean. How about we talk a little bit about what 5G is first so people get an understanding of what that's all about. That's Randy's domain that, right uh, there. 5GW. Well, uh, I'm not the military tactician like uh, like Bill here, but uh, but I do I do study strategy and, and tactics on my own. Um, uh, obviously, without without guidance from the U.S. military nowadays. Um, uh, so, but uh, um, 5GW. Fifth generation warfare, uh, military, uh, the U.S. military does not even fully ex uh, uh, um, say that it, is, it exists right now. Uh, so uh, there's uh, the, the basic concept is that. Do we just lose Randy? Just there's one there, but fourth generation. Uh, at, oh, it just lost me. No, no, you're, you're back, back now. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the uh, concept is okay. So the basic concept is that there's we're in the fifth generation of of uh, of warfare uh, in, in the world, right? So uh, the fourth being uh, where we added uh, unconventional warfare, terror, terrorism, um, uh, even some insurgency, exactly. Um, and, uh, that was written about, uh, late last, uh, last, uh, century. Um, uh, many, uh, strategists believe we were still in fourth, uh, fourth generation warfare because, uh, the, the, when you define fifth generation warfare, it gets really, um, ambiguous. Uh, so that being said, um, fifth generation warfare, the, the concept is, is, uh, is, is everything is on the table 
um, uh, that uh, it could be social, it could be economic, it could be um, all sorts of domains, and then they're all added together. And the 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 primary the the primary objective is to two things: uh, is to uh, make it be really efficient, uh, and therefore less bloodshed and uh, less usage of troops and kinetic warfare, uh, and to be able to uh, take over um, or at least uh, <laughs> mitigate uh, your adversary uh, as best best you can. Uh, that that could be all sorts of different ways, um, but. Uh, fifth generation warfare is really, it starts with narratives um, and, uh, uh, and uh, non-state actors uh, as well as state actors. Um, and so when you look at that concept um, uh, and you take against that, uh, what the Chinese put out in 1999, their version called uh, unrestricted, unrestricted uh, warfare, uh, basically... Uh, that is their playbook for for how to uh, how to prosecute fifth generation warfare, which is uh, uh, basically everything is on the table and the battlefield is everywhere, and uh, and the goal is to not even have the adversary know you're at war. I don't see how like anybody in the military currently, at least in the U.S., could possibly think we're not at that stage of level of warfare. Like how how is that like how can you be intelligent, responsible, and wise and think that we're not there? Well, they're they admitting know. it. Yeah, admitting yeah. it lets as part of the tactic. If you were, yeah, to, that's a good point. If you admit yeah. it, then they know you're doing it. If you deny they, it, it's they, just they misinformation, which misinformation is a big part of it. And they how how poetic that it's ambiguous, right? Like yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fifth generation warfare in a nutshell. Is be that's, as ambiguous as possible. It, yeah, almost, almost. You guys might recognize this name. You guys have heard of Rick, Jim Records? Yeah. This guy was doing Pentagon war games, or war, I should say, war games with the Pentagon. Money wars, like ten years ago, you know. And they were talking about full spectrum warfare involving uh, financial warfare, cyber warfare, not just kinetic, but space, all of the above, um, and psychological warfare, information warfare. Now, right? So, like, this is not a new concept. Pentagon has been well aware of this stuff for a long time. I I have my own take on fifth generational warfare, but I would like to hear whatever you know. Bill is our our uh, resident Jedi here <laughs> that has gone to the higher level strategic planning courses. That might I'd love to hear his take on it. You know, well, look, it comes down to. <clears throat> It depends the type of fight you're in. You know, if you have a paradigm of like World War II, uh, something more conventional like that, vice something like Iraq and Afghanistan for a 20 plus year occupation, uh, that kind of construct brings different tactics, different ways of approaching uh, your, your objectives differently. And so when we're talking about this kind of thing, what's in the, what's in the toolbox, we have to be precise in, uh, you know, again, with this movie and the reason we're talking today, what do we think the objective is? Once we talk the objective first and kind of distill out what we think might be occurring, 
then we can figure out what ways and means are applicable or potentially applicable so we can flesh it out and have you know a thoughtful discussion on is this movie part of it or is this just uh projecting onto a netflix movie and not one that's particularly good at that that's just my opinion don't hate me that's just me okay um projecting on it see a disclaimer up front for me is i i don't see an anti-constitutional globalist behind every rock and tree because i think that if you allow yourself to get struck in that modality you start looking through a lens that might just be not helpful for your sanity, for your, uh, you know, the joy of your family, et cetera. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I don't want to walk around as a naive boob, uh, <laughs> unaware of what's going on around me. So, but it's writing that, it's walking that razor's edge. And I, I'm sure we're going to get into that here with this discussion. I'm so happy to be part of this today. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. There's a balance that's in there somewhere because if, I mean, if everything's a psyop, then is anything a psyop? You know, I mean, you, you have to, you got to be able to identify what is and what isn't. Otherwise, um, you know, if anytime anything pops up that somebody else is, is affiliated with that you don't like or, you know, has a history of being involved in things like that, uh, you know, it could just be the diversion. Um, and then you're going to miss what actually matters. But I will say one thing when it comes to, um, the Obama's role um, in, in executive producing this film. I wasn't aware of that timeline. I do find that to be pretty interesting that, uh, that yeah. they got involved in this um, a few years ago, <clears throat> but it's, it, it, they could have very easily gone through one of, one of their foundations organizations or something like that and left their names off of it entirely. So I think that that much we, you know, is, is is, is evident that they wanted their names attached to this and that sends a message itself. And it is unprecedented um, that, uh, that some, that, that individuals that have been in perhaps the most powerful position on the planet. Um, and now I would, um, I would venture to say they still are of tremendous influence over the current administration, but for them to throw their name onto something like this, and it's not, you know, an art house movie that's about, you know, a chef meeting a florist and they start a family in Paris or anything like that. I mean, this is a freaking apocalyptic film that is dark and they have put their names right there out on the front on it. And one thing that I do want us to consider is, um, you know, the, the general public, the chatter that I'm seeing online is, you know, you're, you see, you know, one side and the other side. And, and of course, it is it is uh, turning into something that's divisive, which I think is intentional. But um, at the same time, I wonder what the conversation would look like if it said executive produced by Donald and millennia Trump instead of the, the Obamas. Um, I think that they would that the entire film would be perceived in completely differently. Um, by exact by same the film public. and people would lose their goddamn mind. Yeah. Yeah. They would say, you know, he's calling for an overthrow and unrest and all these other things. So, and then, yeah. you know, we can get into the details of some of the dialogue that, that's in the film that I believe again, you know, some of it was, was meant to be divisive. If not meant to be, then meant to give the, <laughs> to give the um, appearance and potential to project upon it. Like you said, Bill, um, the perception that it could be, but either way, 
again, that's where you get into that realm of, okay, is, is this a psyop? Is this meant to be this, or is it meant to perceive, to, to give the perception of something of that nature? But we'll get into all those, uh, all those details as we dive further into the conversation. And Gabe, I think you bring up an incredible point here. And this is where, as a KF guy, I, I love reconnaissance. I, I don't like doing anything without reconnaissance. And so as I did a more of a deep dive, let me add a little bit something more to the timeline that I found out, which is interesting. Okay, so Netflix has this, they have the rights to the movie here, July 2020. Okay, they're, they're getting ready to go on this thing. Um, Business Insider on 6 February 2021 did an interview with Obama's and looking at higher ground productions. So this is after Netflix already has the rights to the movie. And I just quote you a little bit from this Business Insider article. They said, well, from science fiction to the beauty of our natural world to the relationships that define us, higher ground continues to strive for fresh perspectives, compelling characters, and a healthy dose of inspiration. Michelle and Barack Obama said in a news release, now, Here's the interesting thing, even beyond that, because I didn't find this film particularly inspiring. No. But uh, but they listed there's four other films at this time at, at play that they're working on. And this was after Netflix already had the rights to this movie. Four other films. No mention of this Leave, leave the World Behind movie. Which leads me to believe that at some point they... And I don't know what the details are when they find that Netflix is working on this and maybe then they jump on it or if they've been working before, but no mention of this at all. And, and again, this is 6 February 2021. Hmm. So that, that's an, an important thing there. And where, where were the healthy relationships in that film? <laughs> there was not a single healthy relationship. I didn't see any of those. Movie. No. I mean, all, all of the deer seem to get along pretty well with each other. So that was good. <laughs> they, they worked well as a team. But Gabe, which had a really good one with, you know, the, the son or daughter that was inside of his house. But we never got to see that. Yeah. But Gabe, you brought up another really in, in, very important breadcrumb I would offer. Is you, you said, why would they associate their name with this film? And that, that, that is very important to understand as a clue. Because then what I I have a theory about this, we'll get into it, but so what is the effect you want this movie to drive? Because by associating your name with the effect, that can help us see what maybe you're trying to do, mm -hmm. if there is something there. Anyhow, but Gabe, very, very uh, insightful. B before we jump into the summary of the film and start talking about it, I want to frame a couple of things. Number one, you're starting to see discussions of uh, on mainstream media, such um, where they're reporting on China basically getting access to certain U.S. infrastructure. You're seeing the, mm -hmm. this news, right? Yeah. So, power infrastructure, internet infrastructure, things of that nature. I will also frame this by saying I don't know if you guys saw this, but there is a interview with Whitney Webb. If you go search on Twitter, you'll find it. She's talking about this study that she's been doing on potential upcoming cyber attacks. And this is something that they've been talking about apparently at the WEF for a while. They've got this thing called the cyber polygon games. She was looking at this um, and essentially it's, it's got us intelligence services involved in it. And the, the, the weird thing about it is the stuff, the two things that stuck out to me, number one, that apparently, um, 
she believes that if this kind of thing were to occur, that that they are able to place the fingerprints of any nation state they want as the guilty party doing this stuff, which can be used to basically justify whatever it is we're going to do after that, whether it be Iran or whomever, right? Um, the other thing that I thought was super creepy was she pointed out that there are certain war games that were being conducted by DHS and Intel agencies in 2020 yep. that were specifically uh, around this concept of a cyber attack on U.S. infrastructure. But what they were trying to figure out is what exactly, what events would have to unfold for them to be able to justify um, calling for martial law and either postponing or canceling the presidential elections. It's going to be a black flag. Mm -hmm. yeah. Alex, you're exactly right. Whitney, I'll oh, go ahead. I was just going to point out uh, on top of that to, to add a little bit of you know fuel to the fire here. Klaus Schwab has actually come out and said this himself, and we can take a listen to it here. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. Boy, that doesn't sound menacing at all, like the <laughs> emperor from the Death Star. I feel like I want to get into this before we continue on this conversation, because I would like to frame some of this conversation a little differently. Um, Randy gave a great explanation of 5GW, and I do think that is, I hate to say, like the mainstream version of it. But that's kind of what it like. That's the general conception of what five, five, fifth generational warfare is. But and I've been saying this, I think Shane's been tracking what I've been talking about with this for a little while um, for, I don't know, at least a year, six months to eight, longer than we've been doing this show. Yeah. My take on fifth generational warfare and one of the reasons why I think the government hasn't uh, one of many reasons the government or the military hasn't said anything about it. It is not, this is not a, a form in my, this is my theory. This is fifth generational warfare is not a tactic that is the U S government or the U S military or any government or military's tactic. This is a tactic that was developed and executed by the people really of the world. Yeah, This is a ground level tactic that we have had to employ because it is our only way to fight back against what I call the regime, whether that's the U.S. regime, a global regime, how, there's different ways to define that. But what I and, and how I define this is fifth generational warfare is the citizens use of modern technology through communication technology and, and other things to rapidly and instantly disseminate, share, save the truth and get it out there. Now, not everything everyone ever says is the truth, but your average citizen is not looking to manipulate society for their own personal gain. Your average citizen is looking to get the truth out. 
And that is what the internet has provided us the ability to do. We talk about things like this. We're not saying that everything we say on this show is 100% true. Like, I think we all kind of leave some caveats of like, this is just our analysis. This is how we're breaking it down. But we're trying to get to the truth of it. And the thing is, really, even before COVID, before 2020, people were talking about things like this online and trying to share the truth. And it was amplified during 2020, during the COVID hysteria, where so many of us who were saying the truth in March, April, May, June of 2020, when the entire machine was working against us, the entire propaganda machine that is the government and the corporate press that we all kind of know has been working with each other side by side for a long time. We were all, there were many of us getting the truth out and just saying like, no, this is bullshit because the coronavirus, you could Google it and it shows that it came from the common cold, but that you can't find that in online anymore. All we're, the vaccine doesn't work. Like we're all saying this before the, the truth comes out. And eventually they have to succumb to the truth because we were all out there operating in the fifth generational warfare tactics, getting the truth out and just looking at the, nobody here in early, the early year months of 2020 thought that this was some big conspiracy or whatever the, against the government or, or uh, maybe some of us were, but like most <laughs> of us were just looking at the information, trying to figure out like, no, no, what's happening? Like, let's look into the research of this. And nothing that was coming out of the government was making sense. And that's why they kept throwing around mis and disinformation because we were out there saying, no, this doesn't make sense. And, and a lot of people out here listening know that they were vindicated at the end. You know, a year or two years ago, many of us know that we have been vindicated, whether the society or our relatives admit it, we were saying things in March, April, May of 2020 that are true, that the corporate press even has admitted is true. They're not pushing that. Quietly. Quietly, Quietly, exactly. They're not pushing it because it goes against their agenda and things that they're pushing. Their own, again, I don't think there's a secret group back there controlling everything. I do think that's one thing the movie got right. There are just people working in their own self-interest and the incentives are so misaligned largely because of fiat to tie back to Bitcoin that a lot of these organizations are just working for their own benefit. But the people out here were also working for our own benefit, which is largely like, we just want to know the truth so we can operate effectively. And that is fifth generational warfare. Everything the government is doing or the corporate press is doing through propaganda is counter fifth generational warfare. They're trying to counter what we're doing. So we were all coming out with these ideas early on. So they needed to counter it in, in 2020 by getting the rights to this movie and pushing it and putting their slant on it. And we can talk, we'll talk about that more, but understand that in my theory, this is counter fifth generational warfare. And what we're doing here is we're just going back to our, our tactics that we have of speaking to people to try to get the truth out and say, no, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying, they're trying to manipulate people in a certain way. And we're just kind of try to get, we're going to break this down and get the truth out. And this is how people would really act. This is what's really going on. And so that's my theory of fifth generational warfare. And I'm going to shut up for a while now. Should we get to the story? 
Yeah, um, that, that was, I was going to, should, should I, I was like, do you guys want me to just do a quick rundown of this? Do you want me to go like all the way through? Like well, everything let, that let's happens? Just, let's just take a high overview, Mike, um, kind of, you know, plot and characters and, and kind of, yeah, just give us a, a, a nice little package, wrap it up with a bow. Okay. So, so for those that haven't seen it yet, the film starts out with a urban based family. Somebody's phone going. Um, it starts out with an urban, like an urban-based family, like just in the middle of the city. They, the the mother and the father, decide that they have to get away from the city and take a vacation, so they get an Airbnb outside the city, a very nice, lavish home. They get out there, they spend a, a little bit of time there, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, the owners of the property show up, and they're just kind of like. It, the way the film is portrayed is it's like kind of set up like a thriller. So if you're going to watch it, you're going to get like the unease and the suspense and everything that they're like intending to kind of portray. But the owners show up in the middle of the night. They're saying like, Hey, there's some stuff going on. Like communications are down. Like we just wanted to come back to our property and like, we're not going to, you know, kick you out or anything. And the, the family from the middle of the city is unnecessarily standoffish and they're trying to resist and all this other stuff. They end up spending the next couple of days finding out that communications are down everywhere, like internet and cell signal. And then as it progresses, they start to learn that it was relatively intentional. The owner of the of the property, the father and his daughter, they had exposure to information through his employment to find out that there was um, potential kind of conspiracy-esque um like leakings of information from one of his clients and then it progresses further into um kind of running into a neighbor because they run into some health concerns they run into a neighbor that was a bit of a prepper and a doomer that he kind of comes off as and finding out that it was likely a, a military kind of operation and he's all prepared and that uh now that the like the the rest of the u.s population is kind of eating itself because everybody's confused and nobody's prepared um and then it progresses a little bit further to find out that um there's uh like a like a like a deployment of an auditory weapon kind of like it, they they structure it like they say it's an emp but like anybody who knows what an emp is it's not necessarily strictly auditory um and then uh it, it just continues to snowball from there I'll, I'll just leave it at that that's the basic kind of gist of the plot I would describe it a little differently. I think the okay. gist of the plot is internet goes down, communications goes down, transportation goes down, uh, and as time progresses, it leads to this understanding that it's going to be complete chaos. And at the very end of the movie, there is a revelation by one of the characters who, when they're talking about maybe who did this and why do they do it, it describes a three-part process uh, of a of an intentional, basically, attack on the United States of America. Yeah. So I'll let somebody explain that part. But that, to me, is the summary of it. How do you guys want to attack this? We we want to go scene by scene and just kind of rip this bitch apart and and and, and you know kind of have a lot of fun with it because I, I gotta tell you guys, like I watch a lot of stuff and, and I try to protect my OODA loop, right? Whenever I watch anything, especially if I'm going into propaganda, hey, you can. We, I think Gabe was alluding to this earlier, is right? Is you can go in and you can view this as a doomer or nihilistic. You can say everything's conspiracy and psyops and all that kind of bullshit, 
or you can kind of watch it for an entertainment value to see what you think, you know, let it, you know, roll around in your mind while you're in it. And then, you know, fuck it, right? Like it's, it's, at the end of the day, this is a movie that's produced by some pompous asshole and his, and his wife. And they've got, they've, they've got a worldview that obviously they see the world through and I don't want to be like them. So like, let, let's take it like, you know, one step at a time. I thought one of the, the biggest things to me that was portrayed, you know, maybe somewhat accurately, but you see it all the time. And, you know, like one of the things that doesn't I don't I don't give a shit about in this world is the pigmentation in your skin. I don't give a damn about any of this kind of stuff. But this yeah, is obviously right. a major issue within this film. And, you know, it, it, it it's played as, you know, you know, some scare tactics here in the beginning where, uh, you know, when, when Mike was saying, hey, you know, the family that's in, you know, New York City that's trying to escape, well, they're a white family. And, you know, the, the, the characters in terms of Ethan Hawke as a professor, Julia Roberts as some advertisement, you know, specialist in terms of, you know, managing uh, personal, you know, relations and all that kind of stuff. You have, uh, and excuse me if I blow this name, Maharshala Ali, uh, he is the, uh, the, the guy that owns the house. He happens to be black. He's got, uh, you know, a, let's just say an older teenage daughter that's with him. Uh, and Kevin Bacon, obviously, uh, white prepper down the street, long hair, <laughs> d- does, you know, he pays, pays attention to the world and, and is ready to go. So this is your dynamic, right? So these forces are somewhat at odds. And as they're, you know, getting adjusted into this house and it's the middle of the night and all of a sudden, um, Marshall Ali, who goes by GHW, whatever the heck it is in the movie, shows up and he's dressed to the nine. Like this guy has got on a tuxedo. He's driving what looks like I think is a Bentley. And, yeah. you know, his daughter is dressed like they like they've just come from some black tie affair in the middle of the night back to the Airbnb that they own. And, you know, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts are standing there on the doorstep going, hey, uh, you know, like. I, I think I trust him as Ethan Hawke, but Julia Roberts is like, eh, I, I'm going to need a little more convincing. Why are we just letting these strangers into that's, the Airbnb? That's putting it politely. She was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she, and, you know, and I think Ethan Hawke is that guy that, you know, is being portrayed in real life as, you know, this professor that, you know, it, instead of having a debate with you in person on facts, would rather just throw his degrees in your face and be like, where did you get your fucking degrees, right? Like, this is the kind of character arc that we're we're dealing with, and you know, and and Marshall Ali, he this guy, he he is, he, I mean, he's obviously extremely well connected. This place is in the Hamptons; it is a joint and a half, right? And you know, th- this he's like, hey, you know, like I we we need some shelter here. This is this is obviously my house. I'll I'll, I'll work with you, and you know, there's obviously this is where the tension begins. But, you know, in, in terms of the movie and the way it's shot, um, I, I think, Mike, you were saying something about it earlier. It, it, it really it, it's more of a thriller type of movie. Uh, yeah. If you kind of ignore all the bullshit like this is filmed like a thriller, the the tone of the music, the, the, ca- camera, the camera angles that they use, like it's designed to make you uncomfortable. It's fantastic yeah. in that respect, too. Yeah, they've got yeah. some of the camera angles that are like looking at things literally at 90 degrees, like. And then they unravel it and like that, like that particular stairwell scene. I was like, okay, I get that you're being artistic, but this is like making me nauseous. Like, stop. But, but Shane, that's Shane, the I point. wanted, yeah, that, that is the point. Shane, I wanted to add to, to like what you were talking about with like the setup to um, Ali like showing up in the middle of the night. Like the family was at the beach the day prior and a freight liner just 
beached itself like out of nowhere and that was after i think that was that was that before like the communications like the internet and the cell that was signal before. dropped out so, yeah so like like these are that all was a, that was a gps went down thing yeah yeah, yeah. they but were at the but, beach but, when everything went down so they weren't paying attention yeah but these are these are things that like should put the family on like okay like something weird is going on so like when the homeowner arrives back to the home and he's like hey like something's going on in the city like we just wanted to come back and just like he's basically trying to say we wanted to come back to a safe space outside of the city and uh julia roberts's character was just like no this is ridiculous like we we paid money to to be here like this is our vacation it's like in in reality anybody who's rational would be like oh yeah there's some weird shit going on we can't even get on the internet to find out what's going on so maybe we should be polite and let the guy that owns the damn property come in and maybe he has more information to figure out what's going on. But no, hear, like that we're just going to be a bitch and tell him that he can't be here. Let's hear Randy Kelly and then Bill's breakdown. Yes. All right. Uh, will do. Uh, I think there's a couple layers to this, obviously. Um, uh, the superficial layer that most people I think online are really focusing on uh, a lot of the racial stuff, uh, a couple things that just jumped out the second time I, I watched it the first time, just for entertainment value. Second time to, with a little bit of critical eye. Uh, one is um, yeah. Uh, there's some, uh, obviously the racial stuff, um, a lot of the tension stuff. Uh, a lot of people are focusing on that. Uh, there were a couple Easter eggs in there, like when when the radio was turned uh, turned on. The only information that came out of the radio was uh, channel sixteen nineteen, which if you that's the year, uh, uh, that's the year um, uh, the first slaves were introduced into the into America, right? Uh, in the sixteen in the sixteen uh, sixteen nineteen project, and if if you ever know know anything about AM radio, there's no such thing as sixteen nineteen. They're all ten eighty, or you know, they're all they all they're all even numbers. So sixteen nineteen is a is a you know jump trial for me. The other thing is the 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 tanker that ran aground was called the White Lion. That was the first merchant ship that came to the United States with slaves. So uh, wow, yeah. So, so uh, so these are a couple things that were pretty obvious not obvious but uh you know just just interesting things that uh, uh you know if you have a you will, right? uh, in a adiq it's obvious but thank you for <laughs> and not to interrupt at all but jordan do you recall that being part of the original novel or no or were these things no the the, the ship the ship was not part of it that that scene did not happen um, and I, may, maybe I'm just not there yet, but at no point have I heard anything about, cause I'm only halfway through it, but at no point do they say anything about a radio frequency. So at least the ship and its name specifically, those are new though. Those are added from the book. Yeah. For so, no reason, not for no reason. Not for no reason, right? So, um, so there's definitely some, uh, s some of those, uh, you know. I, I mean, if you're part of the 1916 pro, or wait, no, 1619 project, or if you are interested in that stuff, that would have popped for you. Um, if you are interested in slavery or any of those concepts that happened, the white lion might have popped for you. So um, clearly, Randy's interested in slavery. Well. 
No, no. I actually had to do my research. I watched it twice, right? I'm like, ah, why would that be in there? So I, I, I'm, I always key in on some things. There were a few things. I, I, I shot you guys a couple of the other uh, pictures I, I caught yeah. uh, that were just obvious what, it, what the movie was about. Now that's lit. That's that's I guess layer two. Uh, there's there's some some Easter eggs in there, the tension and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I'd say I say that the next deep layer is when you're talking about what's actually happening. Uh, the 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 war. I'll call it the warfare against the United States. Uh, the the things that are happening, how they're happening, the misinformation. The internet being down, the hacking being down, all of that is really key um, because uh, it's a new concept for a lot of folks. Like when uh, the, I think, uh, what was the movie? Uh, what was the book? Uh, not the day after. Maybe it was the day after. Uh, but there was a there was a book about uh, when the MPA uh, goes off. Uh, do you guys remember the name of that movie? That book? It's no? uh, it's one second after. One second, one second after. Thank yeah, you. Uh, so incredibly good book, but it, it blew people's minds because they never heard of it. So this is one of those times, just like back then, that the populace is like being really introduced to what's hap- what could happen real easy um, and what, you know, what the consequences could be. Right. Um, and so uh, that there's some fear in there. I think we are starting. This is the start of a new era of fear, probably for the next two, two years. Uh, I lived through this. I was actually running a preparedness program around 2010 to about 2013. Um, and that, I don't know if you guys remember, but that was a big prepper area era too. Cause everybody's looking at 2012 and, uh, people were really into prepping back then. Uh, and it died away. Um, and I think we're about to enter another period of fear. Uh, and this movie is the start of that. Um, I think uh, next year with 2024, the election is coming up. This movie, Civil War, you just uh, you just uh, showed the showed the, um, the trailer for that's going to freak people out. Right. Um, and then add in all these other countries throwing in their their two cents. I think. Uh, people are, uh, I think, uh, the fear level is going to be through the roof. Um, so I think, uh, that is, uh, that's one of my takeaways from this. There's one more piece. And I, I do think, uh, I, I read up on this, uh, the producer said that this was Obama's, one of his key lines. And it was like one of the key lines in the whole, whole book, uh, whole movie where, uh, the the homeowner says hey it's not there's not some big illuminati group uh that's in charge of everything who's in control of everything what the truth is a lot scarier and this and that is that nobody's in charge that it's all just chaos and the best that we can hope for is a heads up i'm like wait a minute is that wait are you giving us a heads up? <laughs> right. It so, yeah. So I think that was like, um, uh, I think that was a really important piece uh, because I do believe um, I'm, I'm not a, I, I don't like conspiracies, but they tend to tend to be off often true. Um, 
but I think people do give the, each other's he heads up um, sometimes. Um, and I do believe that there's, uh, you know, as a, as a former Intel guy and all that kind of stuff, there's nobody in charge. There's no Illuminati. It, it is pure chaos behind the scenes. Well, and, and Randy, I want to, before we get on to Bill, I wanted to add just like, I appreciate you bringing that point up. Cause I specifically wrote an article that got through zero hedge where I was talking about how a lot of individuals want to like, believe that there's this James Bond esque giant Illuminati, like massive organization that is like led up by one evil guy. That's like steering everything towards a particular end. And it's like, no, the reality is that there's, going to be a large number of different factions that are all vying for power and competing with each other. And that like, and that gets back to the, there is nobody in control. It's just pure chaos. And it's just a, it's a massive power play on a global stage. How about Bitcoiners? I mean, we're building our own, our own power too, right? Yep. Uh, it's based on energy uh, and, and hope did truth. Right. So um, now that being said, I mean, I, there are groups that I, I know that want that, that kind of power um, to control everything, but uh, that doesn't mean they, that they actually do. Should we move That's on what, to that? Was, to well, to that was one take? of the best that there are some good takes and notice, I mean, well notice or not the best takes were from that character, GH Scott, who did yeah. lay some nuggets of like, that was a great line. The other one that stuck with me, I made a meme about it. No big deal. Um, <laughs> it got tens and tens of likes. Um, but no, it was a picture of him. And the quote was, "I have because for anyone that doesn't know, he's like an asset manager. So he's dealing with people's funds and wealth. And he says um, something along the lines. I might be getting this a little wrong, but all the people that I know, uh, I know a I have a lot of clients that lost a lot of money because of preconceived notions instead of looking for the truth. And that was fucking powerful to me because I think as Bitcoiners, we can all relate to that. Like whatever your preconceived notion, I've learned, I have learned so much in the last three years, even before I became a Bitcoiner. And then like my growth of knowledge has grown exponentially since coming into Bitcoin, because I'm just interested in more things and looking at it because I I'm looking for the truth because that's the only way any of us as a, as a man that is there's, you can't make decisions unless you understand what the truth is. Mm -hmm. And like, we've got to like, that is a powerful message. It, that line was about money because it gets people's attention. But to me, it was like, that's life in general, whether it's life or survival. You have got to be looking for the truth because you can only make decisions based on the truth. It's also worth, it's, I was going to say, it's also worth, it's important to note that um, whether it's losing money or running into difficulty, you're running to, you're going to run into problems. You're going to have difficulties identifying the truth. If you hold on to those preconceived notions, but you're going to be painting the world with a particular lens instead of seeing it for the reality that it is. That's Fiat. Hmm. Colonel Stebbins, what is your uh, breakdown of this movie? Well, I think just some incredible comments right there. It seems to be an ancient book. Sir, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I can't hear you without your Stetson on. Well, and there's a disclaimer. <laughs> I was going to give another disclaimer. 
<laughs> is that I realized as I had that on, I had my rank on there and I thought, gosh, damn, someone's going to be watching this and I'm going to have black limousines rolling up here tonight. Uh, so a disclaimer, everyone out there in the viewing audience, I I'm retired. These are my personal views, <laughs> not speaking on behalf of the United States <laughs> Army. But as I was saying, it seems to me an ancient book somewhere told me that you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. So 100% I believe that. And Randy, brother, I think that what is really nice is I did my analysis here. I have a couple pages, watched it twice. You know what, brother? <laughs> exact same thing you said is what I, I distilled was the key. That was the epicenter of the whole movie that no one is pulling the strings. But I'm going to tell you why I think that that is the dangerous focal point of it. So let me give you my overall synopsis. And then I'm going to pull down, I'm, I'm going to, then I'm going to land. Uh, I, I think one of y'all was in aviation. I'm going, to, I'm going to land the chopper in the forest and I'm going to start looking at the microscopic jungle here. And then I'm going to pull back up to like 10,000 feet or, again. But here's the auto rotate down. Auto rotate. So here we go into the. So looking at the landscape of the whole thing, when I'm looking at stuff like this, I keep coming back and I think, what is the overall meaning? What is the overall purpose? And when I was watching it, even the first time when he said, no one is in charge, no one is pulling the strings. I said, bingo, that's, that, that is the purpose of the whole movie. But why? And, and again, I'm going to give you my conclusion first. If, if you believe that, if you accepted that, if you're a watcher of this movie and, and you hear that, what does it drive you to? It drives you to absolute despair. It drives you to a nihilistic, yeah, earlier today on another podcast Alex is familiar with, we talked to uh, Nietzsche, you know, nihilism and all of this kind of stuff. I, I despise nihilism. Um, in, in any event, there, there is purpose behind things. But when you come to a conclusion that no one is pulling the shots and, oh, by the way, because there's no strong authority controlling things, all of these things are going crazy. If I'm not a strong individual, if I don't know what I'm about, if I don't have a strong backbone, suddenly I'm a scared little man running around. I'm just a, a shadow man. I'm a scarecrow. And I'm going to try to find someone stronger than me to, tell, to, 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 to pet me on the back of my head and say, Bill, everything's going to be okay. Just, uh, just give up your freedom to me. Just give up some of these liberals to me. I will take care of you. Come inside the keep. Which is exactly what Julia Roberts says in the shed. Exactly. So, okay, so that, that's my overall conclusion is that the purpose of this thing is to scare people. And how are we going to scare people? And this is why I say it's a garbage movie. I, I think <laughs> it's just trash. And here's why it's trash. I think it's trash. This is just my personal opinion. Because <laughs> there's certain things that I don't like in movies. Number one, and don't hate me, audience, I'm sorry. I don't like superhero movies. And here's why. They've Damn. gotten to a point where I vomit when I watch them because everybody's got another superpower and everybody's super powerful. And, and everything is at the crisis of the entire universe until the next movie when there's another crisis for the entire And every, you know, I guess what? <laughs> I've been making comments like this about superhero kind of ish movies for the longest time. I've got a lot of rings around my tree. Uh, you know, back in. Uh, I don't want to poke fun at him because it's not his fault and he's going through some 
some health problems, but I just, I never liked the Die Hard movies. And let me tell you why. Because you know what? You can't find, you can't, I can't go through this neighborhood and find 10 dudes 30 years old that can jump off their couch and not sprain their ankle. Okay. They don't got the strength. So you're going to tell me that this middle-aged dude's going to flying through windows, climbing around on glass and come on, I'm not buying it. So I don't buy the superhero movies either. It's too much. But with this movie, it's too much. What, what do we have going here? It's too much. Okay, here we go. Um, we have a leaflet drop. And this is not in chronological order. We have a leaflet drop in the middle of nowhere where there's not a whole lot of people, but we're wasting thousands upon thousands upon thousands of leaflets on one person. And it's in Arabic. Two, two. There was there was the Mexican there, lady there on the, the or the Hispanic the lady. Couldn't speak English. Ayudame, ayudame. Uh, sure. Okay. And, and then we find later on that this leaflet is in Arabic. That preys on the fear of Islam, doesn't it? Okay. Then you find out a little later in the movie that, wait, there were other leaflets and they were in Korean. Okay. So now we don't even know who's behind the leaflets. So, so you know, there, there's a fear right there. How about this? Widespread cyber attack knocking everything out. Okay. That's scary. How about this? But wait, there's more. Tesla autopiloting cars are crashing. Okay, they're out of control, so that's scary. But wait, there's more. A strange deafening noise that not only is so painful when you hear it, but causes some people to have premature dental loss and their teeth are shooting out of their head. Okay, that's grotesque and scary. But wait, there's more. There's even more. We're going to cram every fear that you can possibly think of in this movie. Let's get some more things. Well, uh, the, the teeth loss was because of the Lyme disease that struck immediately after getting a tick. But also, if you watch the movie twice, like me and Randy did, there was also a mention where G.H., I think his name was, said that also this can be a repercussion of this noise kind of deal, whatever. Microwave. Yeah. Microwave, yeah. So, so now we don't know. Now we don't know what's causing our appendages from jettisoning from our bodies. But wait, there's more. The strange deafening noise, never resolved at the end. Racial tensions, gratuitous race, racial tensions that don't need to be there. To include, and who cares? Watch it yourself if you want to waste your time. But you know what? If I'm a f- former president of the United States, hey, guess what? I don't want to stir the pot. Why do I want to stir the pot? But okay, I'm not on that bandstand. Let's go through some more things. Massive internal family dysfunction to the highest yep. level. That's scary. If, if I'm raising a family, maybe my children are like that. Maybe I failed my family. Maybe I am the weak, hapless, no resource husband that takes a back seat. And when the Teslas are crashing, the wife goes out to do a recon and he sits his ass in the car. Okay, on and on. Dysfunction, dysfunction, dysfunction. How about this? A forest shack out in the middle of the woods where there is an impression where someone has been sleeping in it with a clear view of the window where the young girl had been sleeping. Never resolved. What was that all about? That's not resolved. (laughs) So let's add more. But there's even more. How about the daughter goes missing at the end of the... She goes missing. There's more. And she 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 goes and this young girl who's wildly oblivious and dysfunctional breaks into another house she finds to do what? 
because she needs to gorge on all kinds of junk food and go find the last episode of Friends to watch in a <laughs> Pepper's bunker that was left unattended and apparently didn't avail the person who built it. Okay, how about... Can we just talk more? a second about how badass that bunker is and we all need one right now? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice bunker. And then you had a crazy, self-centered, crazy-ass prepper with a gun, because all preppers have guns, of course. You know, Danny was his name. Yeah. Well, that's scary, okay? How about this? GH's revelation that uh, no one's pulling the strings. How about this? Rogue domestic terrorists attempting a coup d'etat. How about this? At the end of the movie, an atom bomb or a big cl mushroom cloud is coming up, and then you hear, very theatrically, the, the, the gunfire all throughout with all the Second Amendment out there shooting. So to me, this is not good literature. This is crap literature. This is not a good book. It's my assessment. Look, no, it was not a good book. And so here's the deal. It's not good literature when you throw the entire kitchen sink I'm surprised there wasn't like centipedes and spiders and aliens. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, had the deer. But, but wait, there's uh, more. All the animals that are going crazy. Flamingos. And flamingos. <laughs> the, animal, the deer that somehow get into a herd of like a hundred and come up to two humans for no reason and just Which, stare at them. Those, but those they're all surrounding. In the Midwest, the de like deer don't do that. They're yeah. surrounding though. The very muscular buck in the middle <laughs> that was coming up on behalf of all of them. He was Ooh. pretty. He he was swole. The His swole buck, yeah. swole and a little gray. You know, a little bit of this gray yeah, right here. And, and then let's not also forget. You also had cannabis in there. You had this quasi-sexual tension between the kid out there Adultery. making a little tent in his bed at night, which was made up from the book to the movie. Yeah. Again, why? Would you put that in there being a former president? Maybe it wasn't his idea. Who knows? But if it's not in the book, why did it get added? Okay. And then you got the the, the school teacher with, with the uh, young daughter, and they have some sexual tension. Of course, she asked him a very naughty question, uh, unsolicited, but that's fine. That's that's like modern morality, right? And then you've got uh, the, the two other, you know, uh, what was her name? Amanda and GH in there. And they kind of you know, had a Karen. little dance and were the doing a little dirty dance. Oh, we can't. <laughs> we can't. I just didn't trust you five minutes ago, but we just can't because we're married. But I realized <laughs> I realized my sins and what I was thinking is like, hey, Julia, you don't speak for me. Shut the hell up. Don't like this movie. It was garbage. He was like, right. bitch, you can't handle this anaconda. But but what I do what I do believe is I see I'm seeing a whole lot of projection in this movie. This isn't part of the my community I've grown up in. It wasn't part of my larger army community that I grew up in. These kind of thoughts and ideas and how we treat other people. But okay, I see I see where you're coming from. I get your projection. But now let me pull it up to thirty thousand feet again. If I want to shut things down so that I can consolidate control. If, if I'm going to do that anyhow, and I'm, not, I'm just being really, you know, just, just moving to thinking through a possibility, not saying I believe it, but just a possibility. But were I to shut things down, even for a short period of time, to shut down all free communication between people, and we know X is probably one of the last ones standing, Okay, if I wanted to shut that down for a short period of time, 
If I'm going to do that anyhow, I can either just do it when I do it, push the button, whatever, or I can try to prepare what the response is going to be when that does occur. And I can start doing it through media, through this, that, and the other thing. And so if I am the oblivious, dumbass American that they project that we are, which I don't believe, I think we have some amazing citizens in this country, such great people who do think for themselves, who do think for themselves, aren't racist, aren't cruel, aren't self-centered. They're very kind. They're very selfless. They're very resourceful. Wonderful folks. I'm so glad to live here and to be amongst these type of people. But you know what? If I weren't that way, if, if this is what I thought America was like, okay, I get them all terrified about a cyber attack. And then I give them a bunch of scapegoats to blame the scapegoats when it does happen. Because the last thing you can do is trust each other. We can go through the laundry list of all the scapegoats that were conveniently given, pre-positioned for people that watch Netflix to then direct their anger if and when something like this happens. My two thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I got, oh my gosh. Well done. I have to say a couple of things here. (laughs) First of all, Bill Stebbins clearly hangs around with a high quality crowd and he has no idea what a lot of America is actually like. (laughs) He sees the best in people. He sees the best in people. Can can I tell you, I mean, I recently worked at a a enormous, you've all probably done business with him, an enormous corporation here in Cleveland, Ohio. And can I tell you, and and this is uh, blue collar workers. All right. But can I tell you what? And, and, and they're very different from me, you know, not bald, you know, whatever. <laughs> but can I tell you, this kind of animosity was not there. Yeah, this is not there. Yeah. And this yep. is garbage. And I, fi- I yeah. find it wildly despicable that we try to stir this up because I don't okay. see that. And totally agree. I mean, this I- is fifth generational warfare, getting the truth out that this is not how actual people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. This thing is meant to like stir up fear. I think that that's correct. I, uh, somebody said maybe it was Randy a little earlier. I think that's the part of the entire point. If you look at well, how some of these things, um, you know, like COVID, for example, it stirred up a tremendous amount of fear, and it, it allowed certain sort of uh, interest to push people into certain directions, and they were pliable because of the fear. So I think there is something to that. Um, I'm going to add one little kind of random thing here. Then I'm going to finish up what my point is. And the random thing is, is that, you know, I live out on a little mini farm in an area where there's, it's basically considered like the outback or whatever. There are people from cities who are really freaked out by wildlife. I mean, tiny little thing, getting a, a scratch by a squirrel. They go to the goddamn emergency room, like little things like that. That scene where all the deer were there. If you take people from cities who aren't used to being out in the wilderness, man, that might genuinely freak some folks out. You and um, me, we, we try to coax them to come a little further. Come on into my shop. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think a deer is scary? Have you seen making it easy on me. a moose? Like those motherfuckers are huge deer. Fuck yeah. deer. Okay, so I'm going I'm to point out one last thing, and I'll turn it over to whoever else wants to talk about this stuff. Whitney Webb said something that I thought was really interesting. This is that if all this stuff is legit, 
if it's fear prep to to be for the, if there is some actual cyber attack, there would be one motive to do that, and that motive would be to manufacture consent. Yep. In other words, uh, to create agreement, like like if there's some bunch of shadowy supercoder anonymous hacker or group of hackers that that pulls something like that off and causes whatever level of of nonsense right maybe it lasts a week maybe it lasts a month who knows right some level of nonsense but they can point to that and they can say well these bad guys are the reason why all this stuff happened these bad guys are the reason why these you know whatever bad things occurred and because of that and we don't know who they are because of that there can be no more privacy therefore we yep. need ideas we need to be able to know what everybody's doing online we need to know what everybody believes what are your ideologies? All this other kind of stuff. Take so away the guns. Who's going to be naughty in the future? And that would co manufacture consent to go to like global digital ID and this kind of crap. So I don't know if that's the case, but Whitney Webb brought it up and I thought, meh, that sounds plausible to me. Alex, you, you kind of touched on that earlier in the show. And I wrote this note down, quote, evidence of a cyber attack is as good as evidence of iraqi wmd remember back what remember this whole concept of what we're talking about right now remember back when they sold us on a war because of iraqi weapons of mass destruction that has been categorically proved as wrong now look at what they can do with a cyber attack and they say we have evidence proving that it was China, it was Russia, it was North Korea, it was Iran, whoever. How the hell do any of us know what that evidence actually looks like? It's bullshit. I'm, I'm calling it before they play the card. They have it up their sleeve and they're getting ready to play it and be ready to call bullshit because there's no way they can prove it. Even if they showed some cyber security analysts the documents that they made, to prove there's no way to prove this, which is also kind of a downside. Like somebody, it means we're vulnerable because we could be attacked in this way and it could be real, but there is no way you should ever trust it. We have to accept that those are vulnerabilities and plan for that in our society. If, if they can attack our electric, our electrical grid or our financial institutions, you damn well better have backups to what the system is that they can attack, localized, decentralized, things that are much harder to attack. We don't need to be giving the government more power. We need to take on more power and decentralize our society from the way it currently is because we're way too fucking vulnerable. Solutions. What are the solutions? What should people be doing? Don't be Ethan Hawke. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, he was he was the most worthless character in that entire um, movie, and it's it's like you said. Um, you know, he was he was he was weak and just waiting for somebody to pat him on the head and say, "Here you go." And the, I mean, the the scene with the broken down Teslas, where it's like you said, they pulled up and it and it, it was like completely natural that his his wife just hopped out and she's like, "I'm gonna go check it out and see what's going on." He's like, "Okay, dear, go ahead." 
and he sits in the he sits in the car and then she hops in and through some expert maneuvering with the vehicle she dodges all of these incoming vehicles that are on a collision course with them and saves the day while he's sitting there um pissing in his seat like a like a little child and so he was yeah, he, he was he was pretty damn worthless but something <laughs> else that that's interesting to me and this kind of goes into what you were saying Jordan is the 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 way that they i mean the racial tension that exists in the movie is obviously intentional it's there for a reason and you know like it or hate it whatever but it's there to create this tension um and it and i think that they 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 want to tap into the whole you know some of the white guilt maybe um because when that when that tension exists i i believe that it increases um, people's susceptibility to manipulation because they're thinking, oh, I'm supposed to be feeling, I can't be thinking a certain thing or, you know, or I, I can't make these presumptions about how these relationships are supposed to look or what they're supposed to be like. And it's perfectly natural that in this end of the world scenario, the connection moment between characters is going to be, okay, let's take the middle-aged white guy and put him with the 20 year old African-American female. And they're just going to sit out there by the fire pit and get high and talk about stuff because that's normal. Meanwhile, his wife is going to, you know, the white woman who's, who's his wife is going to sit with the African-American dude in the kitchen and get drunk and just talk about stuff. Cause that's what people would normally do. And listen to classic hip hop. Exactly. Cause you know, that's what everybody does. And so it's this weird normalization and I'm not even going to go to how I, I think it was really strange that a movie like this today, especially can get away with showing us a masturbation scene with a person who's underage. Cause that's what they did. And I like to like play the, like the reverse card when I'm watching movies like this and say, okay, what would it be like if that was a, a teenage girl and they played that scene in that movie, would people be cool with that? Um, would that be fine? Would it be okay if there was a line in the movie that said, um, you can't trust black people? Would that be okay? I don't think so. And so I like to play that that reverse card game to to kind of test the 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 not even the validity, but just kind of see, you know, okay, how how is this actually going to look if we if we flip this around and then based on that, what type of um social um assumptions are being made just by releasing this film in the first place. But anyway, um, I'm going to bring it back around to, I believe that a lot of things like this exist to increase the level, increase individual susceptibility to manipulation. And it does come down in a lot of ways uh, to Randy, what you said that, I mean, I, I believe that they're really gearing up for a season of, of fear. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not coincidental. I think that they used to prime for these things further out in time, but the, the shortened attention span that individuals have in the, in the, the immediacy with which we consume, um, changing information. I think that it's really just like shortened the, the horizon on this and it just makes it yeah. so it's like, boom. And I, I don't think, I don't find it very coincidental that this film came out and then that like the, the next couple of days you hear about all these cyber attacks coming from China. And it's almost like it's it, it's it's validating the message of the film and saying, look, you should be scared because this shit really is happening right now. So yeah. get ready for it. And when it really goes off, you are helpless and we are going to help you get through this because you are ill equipped and you are weak. Which just seems really obvious because if the United States government or their its infrastructure was being cyber attacked, they would not announce that information to the public. That's something we would have to like fight to get information about five, 10, 20 years down the road. 
So the fact that it's coming so quickly should in an, in itself be a red flag. Like they're it's I'm going I'm going to put on the tin foil hat here, but it's almost like they want to be so obvious that they are going to draw a line between the population. It's so obvious either the complete idiots will just believe it and everyone else will just be looked at as nut jobs because that is the intent of this movie and a lot of other yep. narratives going around through society. Like mm-hmm. it's intentionally obvious. I'd say they, they, there was a mention before about the film being inspiring and so forth. And I, I'll tell you what, it did inspire me. Um, it inspired me to call up some of my local friends and to touch base with them. You know, my local, my community of, of men that I'm a part of here, my tribe, to call them up and say, hey, how you doing? Hey, we should connect this weekend and just and talk about things. Hey, how's it? Hey, you want to go out and uh, and see what kind of deer we can find and murder this weekend? OK, so <laughs> but that's the thing. You know, you've got to maintain contact with your with your people, with your community and go out there and talk to them about what's going on in the world. Talk to them about our any plans that we may have um, should you know, support be needed from, from any of us within that, uh, within that community. So yeah, it's inspired me, um, to, to ensure that I've, that I've got things the way that they need to be where I'm at. For uh, sure. Before, before YouTube kicks us off, I just want to make sure that YouTube knows that, uh, the, the word Gabe was looking for was hunt. <laughs> <laughs> harvesting. Yeah. Hunting and harvesting. harvesting. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, we're running out of time. Mike, hang on one second. We're running out of time. We got 13 minutes left. I want to talk about solutions here for the rest of the show before we wrap up here. I also think we might need to go longer if need be. Okay, that's up. That's up to Shane. But uh, definitely, just want to point out that that what Gabe is doing, he's on the right track. This is what Bitcoin Veterans is all about. It's about creating a massive community of guys who are networked together all across the country, throughout the different regions. We've, we're spinning up more and more groups. We're adding more people all the time. Whether you're a active duty uh, veteran, first responder, military adjacent, somebody who just wants to get around a bunch of dudes and, and hang out and learn some man stuff, you're all welcome. Please connect with us. Um, we're encouraging everybody. We've got this term that we call tribe walkers. All of us walk across different interest groups and know people in our local areas that have different dis- interest groups. I'm going to throw this challenge out to all of you to get involved, try to get them together, try to link up with your local people, create local tribes of dudes you can count on. Uh, and my objective is to link all of these tribes together across the entire nation. There's there's a couple of things I also wanted to bring up that we're gonna I was gonna roll into solutions as well, Alex. Um, as far as like the the characters that were portrayed, I think that what might have gone missed by a lot of individuals was that the the the, the white family um, represented a multiple different levels of large portions of the U.S. population that I think was obviously intentional. Like the uh, Julia Roberts, like we talked about, she kind of represented a lot of Karens. Um, the Ethan Hawke's character representing a lot, like basically the beta male kind of like what some would call cuck mentality of just like weakness and like the, the wife taking the lead in the family, which I'm not necessarily saying is wrong, but he, he exudes weakness in every masculine way, right? Like anything that, that would represent masculinity, he is the exact opposite. 
um, the, 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 the son and the family, there's, there's a, there's a very brief scene, but I think it's very, very important where he is actually like looking at videos that he took of the young black and the uh, woman. And he is actually like pleasing himself to that, which is a massive problem in the young male um, populace in the U S today with regards to like the dating environment and all that. And then um, I think, I think Bill mentioned it earlier, the, the young daughter of the white family, she's, she talks about experiencing legitimate anxiety over the season finale of a TV show, which is just absolutely ridiculous, especially going through the events that they're going through. Like that should not be a, like top of mind. And then for the black family, they represent a significant level of important different kinds of minorities. The obvious one being the skin pigmentation, which should not be important whatsoever. But the fact that he, the, the family is successful, they're affluent, they're educated, and they're informed. And then when he goes on to explain the information and the conclusions that he has come to, they succumb to Cassandra's curse because the white family representing the majority of the population thinks that it's ridiculous and that they're, like there's no way that the U.S. could come under attack. Right. Like there, there's a significant level of vulnerabilities for just like generally the American populace in that regard. Um, but the solutions, in my opinion, would be that, A, we need women that are like nurturing, loving mothers that are capable of just like kind of like letting the strong fathers like take lead in moments of crisis like this, because like uh, like Bill had mentioned in the shed, she just she just wanted answers. Right. Which is which can get to the uh, or not even answers, just being told that like there's a plan of attack and that there's something that, that can be done when like in, in reality, like if somebody is going through this, that like the any one of us, if we're leading our family through a moment of crisis, like, hey, like, I don't know what's going on right now, but this is what I think is the best solution. Right. Like that's going to be a reality if this kind of stuff like comes down to it. And then when it comes to like the, the men in this situation, we need guys that are physically strong which bill you accurately described a lot of men in the u.s cannot jump off their couch without spraining an ankle or breaking a leg so that's a huge problem we need men that are well men and women that are strong and healthy and particularly with like the nutrition aspect like that that's another problem and then like on top of that we just need individuals that are getting away from not binging on tv shows and getting to the point of getting educated reading books actually getting educated on what's happening in the real world and getting away from these news organizations that all they do is spew doom porn that is only locally like centralized and it has nothing to do with what's actually happening in the real world. Like I've been watching some of the news since I've been visiting my family. And I gotta tell you guys, the, the news that's on the TV is just complete garbage. It is not telling you what's actually happening out there. It's nonsense. I know uh, Alex wanted us to get towards, you know, solutions and stuff, but I still want to talk about kind of the movie a little bit uh, <laughs> and now that he's gone i can get away with it um a couple big hey, he's not gonna pull ramaswamy is he oh, <laughs> i don't know um a couple big differences with the book in the movie one i think i said this i don't know if we were live yet but like the it wasn't a father and daughter it was a husband and wife and they were much older, which that alone would tell you like not as much of a threat. Like they have grandkids. Sure. They could be young and have grandkids, but like it's kind of a different, the, the way the book reads is just very different in that, that aspect. Um, 
Mike touched on something earlier that I was going to reference the book to, and I've completely blanked on it. I'm just going to blame Alex for getting up and leaving, even though that has nothing to do with it. I think, I think, I like honestly, the solutions are very, very oh, basic. It's, it just no, requires a lot of discipline. Go for I remember, I remember the thing that I forgot. So in the movie, it's very much like, the husband is just like a fucking idiot that can't solve any problem. He gets lost. He's he's just completely he's inept. impotent in every. He's an academic. He has yeah. no world experience. Absolutely. But the thing is, in the book, the wife is this is just as oblivious, just as dumb, just as unhelpful. And to to me, from list from the book, it seemed more like this is the urbanite class the people that have live in new york city that just do not understand how to live life outside of a city with its conveniences with its cell phones and its connectivity um i mean i'm i'm out in the country i think a lot of us here are out in the country from what i know of people not doxing anybody but but even us, I feel like a lot of us are not that far removed from a city to understand what that's like. And it's the difference as portrayed from the book to the movie is just like that's Dark. people just don't there's not that much of a gap between rural and city life for some of your city people like New York City, L.A., like maybe. But it's not it's not this fucking bad. <laughs> Don't you know? tell Gordon, for God's sakes. Like, um, you know, I, I think, you know, something that's that that I guess, you know, is is portrayed here that I I think is probably right on, but it's not typical of all, right? And and, and I think this is what there's there's messaging in all of this, but the solution in, in this is being anti-fragile, right? Like be, yeah. be like Bitcoin, be don't you know when when things come around and you are in a tough place right instead of hyperventilating and running around like a, a chicken with your head cut off understand that you have the rest of your life to fix the situation to address the situation and i know a lot of you guys especially like you know randy um and and jordan you guys have gone through a lot of ia drills in terms of you know weapons manipulation alex has too uh, is is like you've got the rest of your life to get that weapon system up and functioning, and if you're gonna you know do this the wrong way, the chances of not being successful uh, and actually being harmed by your actions because you can't get your your mind in the right place is going to be a real detriment to not only yourself but your teammates, which in this case is probably going to be your family, your community, the people around you, and you know the the idea is you know independence is a verb, and I think. America's lost sight of that. You 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 have yeah. to you have to practice these things. And you know, I the city life is you know for me it's it is a I've I've lived in cities, I've lived in suburban areas, and now very very rural area. Um, this is not something that you're going to do overnight unless you've got you know a lot of money to deploy into becoming self sufficient. Uh, anything like that, you know, this, this is going to be a multi-year you know, process, you know, you're not going to learn 
how to plant and grow gardens with the right species next to the other species uh, in, in a garden overnight. You're not going to understand soil types and compositions. You're not going to need to know, you know, what you have to do uh, out there to, to hold game in those areas. You're not going to have uh, an idea of how to protect possibly your flock against the, 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 the native uh, carnivores that are out there. You know, there's, there's so much to un, unpacking this and understanding how we need to evolve with technology and with our environment and away from these, this idea that, you know, you know, cities and these people who are in cities have, you know, six figure jobs and are somehow are, are more evolved than the rest of people. I think something that, you know, was, that was done very, uh, you know, correctly, just to give them a little bit of credit in the movie is like your city dwellers, when they came out to the middle of nowhere in an emergency situation, really weren't an ad to that community they were a drain on that community and you yeah. you just take the you know the situation where you know you've got a guy who's pulling a gun on a guy who is prepared uh and and, and saying you're going to give us all of the things that we need for this well obviously now you're the drain on the people who have prepared and and this is the thing that i think people just need to understand is this is a continuum you know you can you can have your 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 whole life planned out in terms of being self-sufficient uh being you know in, in the middle of nowhere not bothering everybody if the if tekawaki the end of the world comes along and you know you think you're going to be oblivious to it like well maybe you will for a while until it catches up with you and and uh, we mentioned the book earlier one second after you know even in the middle of nowhere the world's going to catch up with you at some point and this is yeah. one of the reasons why these citadels that we talk about being anti-fragile having the means of communication the, the having a couple chickens in the backyard things like this are so important and i think that's what you know bitcoin veterans uh the bitcoin community uh you know kind of encapsulates right it's like we're driving to the future we're not looking at the past we're not worried about the divisive nature of everybody. We are laser focused on how do we get from where we are in this extremely fucked up situation with a government that's, I think, has probably abandoned us and is probably working against us to their own detriment, right? And they're underestimating the American people in general. And I think probably most of the good people of this world in general. So I, I think, you know, in terms of solutions, don't let them have the upper hand. And that is fear. That is the the fifth generation warfare. It is everything that you can do to cut that crap out of your mind. Get laser focused. Get with people who are laser focused, and get on the goddamn mission. Like this is what it's about. Screw the lizards and let's go. It's also important to, to <coughs> excuse me to bring up that like when you we talk about anti fragile and anti fragility, uh, that means coming together and working as a team which like the the movie pretty accurately portrayed like individuals like julia roberts's character that have the kind of um individualist i don't need help from anybody i know best than anybody else can uh get in the well significantly get in the way of forming a team like cohesive team mentality and being able to attack like a crisis event um and being able to like actually find success as a group like in in these in those kinds of situations, like anybody who's going to go off on their own is most likely not going to find success and is probably going to find like extremely bad outcomes coming out of it. Like strong, you, strong men and women don't give in to fear. They just yeah. don't. It's just not part of our DNA. 
And, you know, and this is the thing, too, is uh, not giving into the pessimism, not giving into the doom mentality. You know, I can watch a show and now I reject it. No, I'm not going to watch it again. Garbage. But you know what? <laughs> but I'm here to love all my family, to be here and to be a source of good for my community. And, and if hard times come, okay, great. I was put here for a reason then. It's not no one's pulling the strings. Now I believe someone's pulling a big string and I'm here for a reason. And I'm going to fulfill that mission. That's all there is to it. Yeah, but you, but what you can't do is get jaded, pessimistic, contract up, get all upset. No, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to, you know, enjoy a beverage or two of my choice. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I enjoy interacting and networking, working with fabulous gentlemen like you. I mean, this is America right here. Mm-hmm. We've got tremendous folks of all backgrounds, all races. You know, and I will not succumb to these kind of propaganda memes to try to pull me into a racist, protective, protective mode, self-centered, scared. No, no way. Absolutely not. And so I give this movie two thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Bitcoin veterans has turned into. We're here just giving our take on movies. If you want to know, we're competing with Rotten Tomatoes. I'm surprised the poop emoji didn't come up when you gave yeah. it two thumbs down there. <laughs> right. Work on that at uh, Apple. You got to get that right. Oh, oh you got rain. Got rain. Oh, my God. We're finding <laughs> something new every day. This is why you tune in, people. So so let me give one military context to what you all just said is um, uh, in fifth gener- gen- generation warfare, uh, if it's unrestricted, unrestricted warfare, if it's narrative warfare, whatever you want to call it, what, however you want to position yourself to think about it, uh, you uh, some of the concepts still still uh, come come out. One of them is defense and depth, right? Defense and depth. That means you don't have one you know, one defensive system or whatever that is. Uh, your defense in depth might be uh, a network locally. Uh, it might be a network uh, globally. It could be different types of networks. It could be your church. It could be your um, your guys you go shooting with, right? Um, it could be your family, all right? And then it, it eventually comes down into you and your brain because this is your weapon in fifth generation warfare. It is your mind. Right. And how do we take care of our mind? Well, first, we have to hack our body to hack our mind. Um, And that means we have to take care of ourselves. We have to be strong. We have to work out. We have to uh, do things. Now, if you layer all this stuff together, uh, you're starting to become anti-fragile. Right. You you stay sober as much, you know, stay sober, generally speaking. Right. Um, (laughs) But that's your that's your main weapon is your mind. And then, uh, you know, there's uh, you can even your network can even be bigger. For me, it's uh, it's my my relationship with God. Right. So that is important to me that that gives me a, uh, a, a you know, a hope no matter what happens. So just just a you know, a few things to think about um, uh, for your defense and depth uh, in this in this world we're coming into, because this is going to be a it's going to be a rough two years, guaranteed. Well, and, and Randy, going off that, it's also going to be important for individuals that are working on building that up or those that have it already 
um, if you're establishing that level of dominance um, between your family and your community, you're also going to become an emo- what I call an emotional and spiritual anchor. Like people are people are going to latch onto you as a buoy in the middle of a hurricane. Absolutely. And that's and if, if you haven't, if you I've, I've played that role multiple times within my family, um, if you're going to take on that role, it is extremely exhausting in just about every respect. Absolutely. So like and that and that comes back to your point, Randy, it, which I really appreciate with my background, um, taking care of your body so you can take care of your mind, because like when it comes to that level of exhaustion, like deadlifting is exhausting but when you're going to be an emotional and spiritual anchor for a community and for a family like that's a different level of exhaustion mm-hmm. and people in like that's where taking care of like the full spectrum health and dominance for the individual is going to play really really important because if these kinds of outcomes that these scenarios for these films are portraying like come to be true whether in a hundred percent or fifty percent or even ten percent like the anchors are going to be required. And that's why you need that network. You need those battle buddies, that yeah. local fortress that you're building can build out there because when you start getting tired, you know, your battle buddy takes the fight and, and you get to uh, recuperate. Yeah. You spread out the surface area of the the attack vectors, right? Like you can rely on your team to help you kind of like pick up the weight a little bit and they can help you be like, they can be there you know, like an anchor for yourself. So you can be an anchor for somebody else. And what, what Mike is talking about is leadership and leadership is exhausting. I know you can't tell from bill cause he's like an energetic fucking ball of fucking fusion or something, <laughs> but leadership, even him, I bet he will tell you leadership is fucking tiring. Mm. And so everything that Mike just described, like realize, yeah, you got to get physically ready. But damn, you need to get mentally ready because if you are the person that everyone is looking to because you've had all the answers and now they're looking at you like, all right, now what, chief? You better be prepared to not only give the right answers, but be thoughtful, be considerate, understand your local customs and be prepared for the weight and the the mental drain that comes with that responsibility. So get fucking tough, nut up. Read The Way of Men, read Becoming a Barbarian by Jack Donovan. Get on well, the fucking mission. And and Jordan, for going further on that point, like even if you're if you're not someone who's been established as somebody with the answers, um your lack of panic and your calm and your tranquility will attract people looking to use you as an anchor regardless. So you have to be prepared no matter what. Shane mentioned it earlier. We talk about fucking like tribe walkers and stuff. Well, before you can walk between tribes, you got to know how to lead one. So part of this community that we're building, we're looking to raise up chiefs who can go out and lead their own tribes. But we're also looking for the next level above that, which is you can not only lead yours, but you can link up with other ones, get them to unite and get on the mission. Okay. That said, we're going to move to wrap up. I want to say one last thing here. Agree with all of this stuff. Also, you know, if you're, if you're that guy in your community, awesome. Whether you are or not, if you're a guy who you're, you're looking at all, you're, you're listening to this and you're like, man, I may not be that guy. 
we are going to be doing a thing, a Bitcoin veterans event in the mountains in Colorado this year. There's a gentleman who I know who's basically already got a Citadel started, big old patch of land up in the Colorado mountains. We're going to be doing this. Dates will be announced here soon. But if you want to get around a bunch of dudes and sharpen yourself because you feel the need to do that, whether you need to get stronger physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever the case may be, um, connect with us. Follow the Bitcoin Veterans handle on Twitter. Shoot it a DM. Ask to be added to our chat groups. We'll invite you up. We're going to be doing this thing, and uh, we're going to go up there and do a bunch of man stuff. About three days. Um, you can bring your camping gear. It's off the grid. Um, and it'll be a great opportunity for you to sharpen yourself with a bunch of strong dudes. Looking forward to this big time. Randy, Bill, uh, closing thoughts. I'll, I'll leave it to you two. Yeah, I just said it all. <laughs> uh, the, the only other thing I'd, what's that? Oh, no, go ahead. You're good. Okay. The only other, the only other thing I'd say is don't forget to invest in those youngins. Um, uh, not just yours, but those around you. Uh, so, you know, you, you guys know, I, I used to teach survival and I've been, now I've been teaching a lot of the kids around here, uh, how consequences happen in real, real time out in nature. So uh, teach, teach, teach the next generation. Awesome. Uh, we lost bill, but, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, save this quote for the very end. Um, it's a, it's a great quote and it's by, uh, the one and only Bruce Lee. It's do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. And I think that's where we are at. Um, if you're out here in this network, um, you're here. You're the, you're the guys who are leading the charge. Uh, you know, this is always the call to action. Um, find and multiply. You know, be the leader that people want to follow. And don't be afraid to take the next steps. You know, this is this is one of those, you know, areas where we are we are conquering new ground. We are creating a new system. We are going and doing things that the human species has never done before in a certain way, but we can draw a lot from the past and let's not overlook a lot of the time. Uh, I think uh, we, we think of ourselves as a highly technically involved society, but there was something that was very beautiful that was instilled upon me by my grandfather. And that was high technique, low technology, right? Is, is if we have the the ideas and we have the past and we can understand exactly what people did to, to not only eke out a living but to grow from the muck and the mire to you know the amazing society that was developed uh, and handed to us gift wrapped for us uh, we've got a, a real chance to reestablish that so uh, it is a great call on every one of you guys to go out there and do this in your own lives in your own communities in your own families. And uh, and start leading people. Uh, this is this is the way, and uh, we appreciate all of you guys being here. Uh, Randy and Bill, appreciate you guys being repeats here on Bitcoin Veterans. Alex, Gabe, Jordan, Mike, always a pleasure having uh, all of you guys here. It's a, it's a great time to see. <laughs> and Jordan's got fireworks going off. In the yes, I just had a cyber attack. It booted me off. <laughs> the lizards um, almost got me. This is Bitcoin Veterans. We are doing this every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Tell your friends, bring them here, like, subscribe down at the bottom. Next week, we will see you then. Peace.